Welcome to More Than Movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. Today we talk about the nominees and check out some trailers. We also get hoppy with our favorite on-screen bunnies. It's time for a top three turf war. It's Easter time. It's springtime. And when I think of this time of year, there's only one thing that comes to mind, and that is those delicious mini eggs. I love the Cadbury mini egg. I love oh, it. I love, love the Cadbury mini eggs. But but hopping around the mini eggs in all of their marketing is always a cute Easter style bunny. And you had an idea. Yeah. I thought, what if we did our top three movies that feature bunnies? Unbelievably, not a lot of movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kind of thought that there would be a bit more. So I think we're going to have a lot of overlap. I mean, you know, but there's a whole realm of like animated movies. Absolutely. And I will uh, let you kick us off with number three. And I, I have an idea of what's on your list. I would like you to go ahead and prove me right. Yeah, I, I have. I look, there are no surprises here. Not on this list. Number three is who framed Roger Rabbit. All right. So I got that on my list. What, uh, well, let's talk about it when we reach me. My right, number right. three is Space Jam with Bugs Bunny. Oh, I'm so happy that that's on here. Like, I really enjoy that movie, even though, like, I don't think it's like a great movie. Blake loves it, so I have a real fondness for it. Well, we got the uh, the next Space Jam with LeBron James coming out. And the original with Michael Jordan. Like, I adore Bugs Bunny. Yeah, Bugs Bunny is, like, one of those all-time classic characters. But how many Bugs Bunny movies are there? Not enough. You know, when I was thinking about all the Bugs Bunny stuff, I'm thinking Space Jam. I'm thinking, uh, you know, Bill Murray... Michael Jordan, all of the kind of NBA dream team of that early 90s showing up. I love that about it. And you know what the thing is? Space Jam, controversial soundtrack now with the amount of R. Kelly that is on it. Oh, yeah. But still a great soundtrack that I I have purchased in my late 30s. (laughs) As a as one that I go back to, I just really enjoy it. Basketball was a huge part of that time of my life. Space Jam gets the gets the ceremonial tip off number three on my list because of Bugs Bunny. You know, I'm very happy that Space Jam is on your list. It's a movie that I think is very like touched the hearts of a lot of different people if they were like at the right age at the right time. Yeah, I think that's it. Like if you watched it for the first time today, someone tells me you're not going to like it. Yeah, I think it's like a, it's a it's a collective memory kind of movie. Yes. And I like that. And that's something I really appreciate about it. So I'm really happy it's on your list. Well, what is number two on yours? Donnie Darko. I knew Donnie Darko would be on your list. I think Donnie Darko is the same as Space Jam in that you have to have watched it while it was popular. Because I watched it years, years later. Didn't understand the hype. Ivana, what's the hype about? Okay, look. It 
does a time it's a time travel movie that is quite unique in the type of time loop that it kind of shows that type of time loop isn't like I've never seen it done before I've never seen you know an offshoot that kind of corrects itself the second time that it goes around uh and I think it was really cool I really just loved the craft of how this movie played with time and how it was true like in one life he does change and affect all these people but it was an anomaly that he was sleepwalking that night which is like one of many different options and then like time loops around and then corrects itself to the final like main time I don't know I think that that's such a cool concept when I think about it I can kind of like picture it also, this movie has a great mood. Do you know what I yes. mean? It's haunting in a haunting way. Haunting is a great word. Yeah. I still get feelings when I think about it. I still, like, my heart kind of always jumps when I see Frank the bunny. Like, he's one of those bunny images. It's like Bugs Bunny, Frank the bunny. <laughs> Like, you just see both of them. Now, walk us through, as this is a best bunny list, walk us through, what is Frank the Bunny to Donnie? I mean, that's the question, right? Like, is Frank the Bunny... I mean, ultimately, I think because it is a time travel loop, Frank the Bunny is real, and Frank the Bunny is whatever the mystical force is that he can see now that he's in a time loop. Right, he's like... A creepy ass guide to this weird time loop world that yeah, not everybody is allowed to see, but you can see this guy. I only saw it recently and I completely forgot it. The other thing that's really cool about Donnie Darko, I feel like maybe we should watch it for take two um, because it would be fun to get into. But there is a pretty famous movie called Harold. Um, and I believe Winston, the TV show, also borrows heavily from Harold. And Harold is about a man who has, who's a grown man who has um, an imaginary friend who is a six Oh, wait, five. wait, wait. Ivana, it's not Harold. It's uh, Harvey. Fuck. You're totally right. It's Harvey. It's not Harold. I've never seen the movie, but I've heard of it. I obviously know about it. I, I pre-apologize to all of our cinephile friends that I have failed you in my knowledge of history. But I mean, at least I knew the movie and, and that this is like an allusion to that. There's a nod. There's an acknowledgement that this is a darker, scarier, funhouse version of, of Harvey. Harvey. You know what? I'm glad you also brought that part up because notably missing from this list is Harvey. I have not seen it. I have not seen it. And it. I, I'm realizing we kind of need to fix this soon. Yes, absolutely. Because my number two references Harvey and that is who framed Roger Rabbit. Ooh, I like it. All right, let's talk about Who Framed Roger Roger Rabbit. Okay, I, I recently watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Roger Rabbit is this film noir that is by Robert, uh, sorry, yeah, Robert Zemeckis and Steven Spielberg produced. Disney did the animation. And this is such an important film in history because I've said it before, it saved Disney animation. People went to the movie theaters and watched animated shit. And all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute. 
people like animated stuff. And it's like, yeah, damn right they do. Let's make the Little Mermaid. And <laughs> anyway, when was this movie made? When did it come out? I believe it was '88, and Little Mermaid came out in '89. So they were already working on it. But I know that everybody wanted to be on Roger Rabbit, and not everybody wanted to be on the Little Mermaid. They thought the Little Mermaid would flop, uh, but obviously that did not happen. But back to the rabbit known as Roger. This is such a fun world, man. We've got like tunes interacting really, really, really well with people. This isn't like we left space and drew in penguins in Mary Poppins. This is full interaction. Oh, 100%. It it was an inventive world, a fun world. And I think it reinvigorated noir like noir can get stale you know what I mean like it's been around for so long so many people have done it um there are some of the best movies are noir noir films but it's hard to bring something new to the table and I would say that Roger Rabbit like smashed it out of the park and I want to talk about Roger Rabbit the guy is a professional cartoon like at the beginning of the film he is being Ah, God, I love this so much. I had forgotten. I I watched it recently. A a, a live action film crew is filming them for a cartoon. It's not like they're drawn every frame. They film them as if they are actual actors. And that is Roger Rabbit's job. And that is why he gets the vivacious, beautiful Jessica Rabbit is because he is hilarious and can make her laugh, which is. Any guys out there who are like, you know, I can never get a girl, blah, 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 blah. It's more important that you can make your partner laugh in the end because you're stuck together forever. You're going to want to have fun. Hundo Pete. So, yeah. So, of course, Jessica Rabbit goes for Roger Rabbit. They have fun together. It totally makes sense. And I love it. I mean, this movie... Like, it's still so unique to this day. Like, then they did Cool World, and that was a disaster. Well, here's the thing. They did the very physical stuff that needed to be done with robots. Like, not CGI. They did it with robots. Like, so there were times where a robot stood in place of Roger Rabbit in this film. And they would always do two takes so that they would have him interacting with the robot that had the eye level of Roger Rabbit. So Bob Hoskins is grabbing Roger Rabbit's uh, uh, ears and he knows exactly where the eye level is because he can see it on the robot. Then they remove the robot. He does the exact same thing so that when they draw him in, the eye level is there. Lovely. That's great. Isn't that crazy? They don't do that shit today. Well, they they today they actually have the person who's voicing Roger Rabbit in a green suit with like, dots all over them and they're probably actually acting kind of near each other Vana, don't ruin the magic for me okay they had robots (laughs) (laughs) so that is why roger rabbit because of the robots is number two on my list of bunny movies oh my gosh it's time for number ones oh yeah number ones boom look at that easy easy already we already have one that is the same. We have one in common. Yeah. All right. In three, two, one, Zootopia. Us. Oh my God, us. 
<laughs> the rabbits are not the main characters in us. You said they had to be supporting. Supporting. Rabbits are such a key part of us. They're everywhere. Everywhere. They're because all over the they damn They had to movie. eat the rabbits. Otherwise, the clothes exactly. would starve. And they're like such a big, like they're, they're a character in and of themselves because there's so much like symbolism imbued in the rabbits. They're an image, like you're constantly seeing rabbits all throughout the movie. So I think it counts as a supporting character. All right. Well, it is. Um, okay. Um, okay. It's all my notable honor, honorable mentions. I didn't realize that you go that deep uh, with, with, with this, but okay, let's talk about us. Cause we talk about us a lot on this podcast. Cause we both think it's incredible. This is true. So I, like, I, I don't know if we should just talk more about the rabbits. In Let's us. talk about the rabbits. So the rabbits, there's a bajillion of them so that all the clones, a clone for every person upstairs in the real world can eat. That's correct. But they're also like an analogy in some ways to the other because the other are kind of kept in cages just like the rabbits are kept in cages and they're a copy of the people in the above world. And even though rabbits aren't a copy, rabbits are known for fornicating and making lots of baby rabbits, which is in its own way kind of like its own copy mechanism. And so yeah. there's just so many ways that rabbits kind of come in and out throughout this movie. I like your analogy. I like that you dug for it. I don't think it's... In completely perfect but i do like <laughs> the effort that is given to the rabbits this is why you chose this topic isn't it you're like you know what we don't talk about us enough on this let's let's do the buddies <laughs> and i'll talk Look, about us we all know that i worship at the creative feet <laughs> of jordan peele who i and i don't say this lightly but i firmly believe we are currently existing with a future Shakespeare, and that is Jordan Peele. So when I was really, really young, in this personal story time, um, <laughs> we had our, a classroom pet, and that classroom pet was a bunny, and then kids would take it home on the weekends to, to, to look after it. Um, hopefully they don't do classroom pets anymore because that poor bunny was terrible, like terrified. It lived a horrible life. I I feel bad for it in its memory because it was always around all these kids who just wanted to like stick their hands in and pet it. And that poor little bunny was just so terrified. And so it was quite fear vicious. And when my dad tried to go into the cage to give it more food while we, I took it, cause I of course volunteered us to look after it one weekend. Um, and the bunny like bit him and like drew blood. And so that's the thing is like bunnies seem all cute, but they're also kind of terrifying and, and vicious in some ways. Well, notably missing from our list is the, you know, watership down. That is the acid trip of evil bunnies that like attack each other with their with their freaking, you know, teeth. So, yeah, I yeah. I actually have never seen watership. Watership Down either, which is an, another one that's on my honorable mentions 
I only have honorable mentions of movies I've never seen but need to. Well, I and I haven't seen Watership Down because I feel like I would. Well, here's the thing. I think I did see it when I was a kid, but I remember nothing of it. So it's not like something that I'm striving to revisit these like warring rabbits. Like it sounds crazy to me. So uh, I know it's like a classic. I know that people love it. Uh, people swear that it's like so violent and gory. And but you know what? When I'm thinking my rabbits, I don't need to think about that because to Ivana's point, they're all vicious murderers. <laughs> but you know who's not? Zootopia's best cop in the world, our fearless bunny, Lieutenant Judy Hops, which is just a great pun in itself. I've talked about Zootopia before. I think it's my favorite Zed movie of all time. And I I love Jennifer Goodwin's portrayal of Judy Hops. I'd like to see us revisit this. I'd like to see Jason Bateman as Nick Wilde back like the dynamic duo together again. Judy is a bunny and everybody knows besides Ivana and I, that bunnies are murderous bastards. <laughs> but in Judy's world, no one takes her seriously because she's a bunny. Do not underestimate the bunny. This is cl- like Roger Rabbit. No, people looked at him and they saw a person space jam. Bugs Bunny, absolutely a person. Judy Hopps is an officer of the law and not treated with any respect at all because of the way she looks. Parallels anybody? Parallels anybody? Zootopia <laughs> is the best. I love all of the uh, the racial identifiers in the film. I love the xenophobia. I love that this is a kid's movie with a sloth at the, uh, <laughs> at the DMV. So you get that really hilarious joke, but also it's a really thoughtful, clever film that everyone should watch. And it's just a delightful bunny led by the most delightful bunny. I really like Zootopia. It's a fun, fun movie, but I don't come back to it. I don't think about it. I have to admit as often as you do, but I will hand it to you. It's beautiful. It's a funny movie. Judy Hopps is great. And I, I really was rooting for her all the way through. Okay, and the here, sloth scene was great. Here's the thing. If I, like, I, I thought us wouldn't be included. If it, if that was the case, I would have put Monty Python and the Holy Grail and the Killer Rabbit because the Killer oh, Rabbit is hilarious. Have. But it's just yeah, like no, I, five minutes of scene. And I was like, well, that's not enough for supporting. And no, I that's feel why like I if it's it. like a super impactful five minutes, I think that would count. I think you're allowed to kind of renegotiate your list if you want. I'm not taking Bugs Bunny out of our equation. Okay. It's freaking Bugs Bunny. And this is a bunny movie list. So no, the killer rabbit still goes off. I stand by Judy Hopps, Roger Rabbit, and Bugs freaking Bunny. Let's figure out this list with the us rabbit somewhere in the middle. Um, so definitely who framed, who framed Roger Rabbit needs to stay on the list. I think that's a number one. It was the only one we actually had a parallel to. I'm okay with Roger Rabbit being number one. I don't know if I, I don't, well, let's, let's figure out. Us is not going to be number one. Us is not going to be number one. I'm telling you right now, those rabbits and your crazy analogy, 
I'm not sticking them as the best bunny movie. For this. It's Easter. It's bunny's time. <laughs> We're not no, gonna- okay. I, I will even acknowledge that maybe I was a little unfair in choosing us. And I would even be willing to not put it on the final list. But if it was, I would say third place. But like, or potentially not. Like, it's an option. We both acknowledge it's a fantastic movie. Totally. We don't have to necessarily then also say that it's the best bunny movie. Like, we could say it's not a bunny enough to be in the top three, while also still admitting, and I think that both of us really do, out of all the movies on this list that we've talked about today, it's like the best film. Yeah, I mean, I I would, I'd say... Four and a half, five stars. Like it's up there for me as a, as a near perfect film. Right. But does that make it one of the top three bunny movies? Maybe not. I acknowledge this. Okay. All right. So then what else is on your list? Donnie Darko, which I think that that's a more iconic bunny. It's a very iconic bunny. And so I, I would want Donnie Darko to maybe be third because you hate it. If it was going to be on the list at all. Let me offer up a suggestion as these are bunny movies. Okay, I'm in. Roger Rabbit is one. Space Jam is two. I'm going specifically off the famous bunny. Okay? And then Donnie Darko is three. Because Roger Rabbit and Bugs Bunny are like, that is Disney's rabbit and that is Warner Brothers rabbit. Yes. You're, you're, you know what? You've, you're absolutely correct. That's true. And they're both really iconic rabbits. And then you have the inverse, like, horror rabbit In on front. the other end. And I think then we've we've actually assembled the top three bunny movies in a nice, like, kind of wide way. You've got a grown-up right. film. You have a children's film. You have a horror a family, thriller well, well, kind of Well, Roger film. Rabbit is very much a in-between. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's, yeah. it's in-between. But, I mean, to me, it's adult. It's like adult that you can let kids watch. I thought you were saying adult as in us. Oh, or in Donnie Darko. Sorry. Us is gone. Us is... The Donnie Darko, I was just thinking was like the horror kind of like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. I like it. And if it was like 10 years into the future, maybe Zootopia is like a way more recognizable bunny. But right now, I think it's Roger Rabbit. I think it's Bugs Bunny. And we got Frank. So let's count it down. Number three, Donnie Darko. Number two, Space Jam. And the number one bunny movie this Easter is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. All right, I have to just say notably missing is Bambi. Disney's bunny is Thumper. Uh, I didn't put Bambi on my list because I freaking hate Bambi. I hate that movie. I hate it. I hate Bambi too. I don't like it. I also hate Bambi. I I watched it. They put it on like daycare when I was young and it freaking scarred me for life. I think I saw Bambi when I was young and I remember enjoying it or I remember having fond memories of this story. I watched it as, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, like I had empathy for, you know, Bambi's father and mother and all that, like, like getting shot by a hunter. I had empathy. Here's the deal. I watched it recently as three years ago, recently. 
And I hate the movie. Like it's 60 minutes. And for whatever reason, it feels like two and a half hours. It is so boring. It is so mind numbing. And I don't understand why, because I don't find that way about Snow White. I certainly don't think that about Pinocchio. So what the hell happened with Bambi to make this such a like bore fest of color and, and no one's singing, but the, the music is, is I feel like everything is on drugs and I might enjoy it more on drugs. I have not seen the movie since I was a kid. I saw it in daycare and it, I thought it was horrifying, horrifying. I hated it. I hated it. And I like, I've never returned, but I, I do not like the movie. I don't know why it was ever made. I think it's a horrible premise, but I also didn't like, like Snow White. So I think I just, and, or Pinocchio. I hate the story of Pinocchio. Pinocchio is hard for some, uh, I'm not saying this is the reason it's hard for you, but it's hard because he's so selfish and he's hard to watch. Like he's not like no one's rooting really for Pinocchio. You're kind of rooting for Pinocchio to fail so that he can grow that nose. It's a morality tale. I don't, I don't like, and, and it really feels that way and it's super judgy. Um, and it, it's very, it's a very one dimensional view of people. I feel like, and also I just feel like it, it's all about this weak protagonist who makes bad decisions, learns his lesson, but then it's too late. Or is it because the blue fairy can still boom, turn you into a real boy, which he wanted to be all along, but jumping back to Bambi thumper in Bambi is, I would say, I actually, I bet if I, I haven't done it, but I bet if I Googled right now, Disney's bunny or Disney's rabbit, the way that you would do Warner brothers rabbit and get bugs bunny. I bet you get thumper. I bet it's not Roger rabbit. Like I, I thought before, um, you know what? We're going to do this quick experiment. I'm just going to type Disney's. You're going to laugh what I see. So I use duck, duck, go. Yeah. You probably use Google. Yeah. Uh, I did Disney's rabbit as my Google and I got, I got like, um, Alice Mm -hmm. in Wonderland. Oh, and I got Winnie the Pooh's rabbit. Oh yeah. That's Disney, isn't it now? Yeah. Anyway, fun little experiment with that said on my honorable mentions list. I also threw obviously the killer rabbit for Monty Python. Also the bunny from con air came to mind. Put the bunny back in the box. This is a stuffed rabbit that he's going to give to his daughter. But he goes and he kills a guy over it. And that makes it a pretty cool rabbit. (laughs) Ivana, mark the date. The date is March 10th, 2021. And I turned on my air conditioning for the first time this year. It was so hot outside in Toronto. I was melting in my office. I even jumped on Clubhouse. To get a poll of how people are on Clubhouse. And they're all like you. All the Clubhouse people are like you. They're like, what do you mean? Beautiful weather. Yeah. Because it wasn't like boiling out today in Canada in March. It was double digits. But it was double digits. It was like during the day you could go out for a walk with a light jacket. I don't know about that. That sounds like shorts weather double digits in Canada. I think the people on Clubhouse would agree. 
Uh, no, I think that you mentioned that they agree with me, like a normal person, that like actual <laughs> nice weather is like, you know, 22 degrees Celsius. Uh, it's 17 degrees in Pittsburgh at this moment. It was like super hot today. I genuinely, uh, I want to get out there. I got a scooter for Christmas and I really want to zoom around the streets, but... This is the weather for it. But I definitely felt warm and I was at work and I was in my seat and I was very uncomfortable. And, I, you know, I had to put on the air conditioning. So I just think that, you know, if the weather is changing this much, maybe some people should do something about it. This just in last week well the time has come and the oscars have been announced the nominees for the whatever the hell 90 blah 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 academy awards are here and which ivana that means we have a watch list obviously for right before the oscars as always as always we'll definitely get that top 10 uh for you right around oscar time as we always do but we thought we would talk a little bit about some of the uh, nominations a little early this time. And I'm particularly delighted for a couple of these uh, nominations, more than a couple, I'd say. Ivana, what delighted you when you found out it was nominated for whatever award it was nominated for? The thing that delighted me the most is The Sound of Metal, which I did not think would have any chance of being um, sort of discovered and prominently displayed during the Oscars. I I didn't think that a film like this was big enough. Yeah, I, I didn't expect uh, Sound of Metal to have as many awards, too. It's like up for Best Picture. It's got uh, a supporting actor and the actor. And I think it might even be up for screenplay as well. Yeah, Best Original Screenplay. Uh, yeah. Bam. So I'm stoked about that Sound of Metal. I love that film. I haven't seen it yet. Although like this is one that I've been really excited to see and I've been sort of waiting until I can really like, I don't know, enjoy it and clear my evening and, and just like get absorbed in this film. I'll tell you in the Sound of Metal category, the supporting actor, when you do end up watching it, Ivana, the supporting actor is Paul Raci or Rassi. It's R-A-C-I. I'm not sure how exactly to pronounce that name. You have to look out for his performance because as the film was going, I was like, there's no way the Academy is going to recognize how good this small supporting role is because it's fantastic. I was, I whooped, I whooped and whooped when, when it uh, was announced that he was nominated for a supporting role. I was like, yes, unbelievable. You know, this is not the first time I've heard this. Uh, that is among the big Oscar chatter that you will hear, you know, on the internet, on Twitter, on all that kind of stuff. People are super excited about uh, him getting a nomination and, and, I, I think this movie in general, like all of the nominations, how many there were, the fact that it's there, it's all a big surprise. Another thing that delighted me and probably not you, 
I may have been snooping around your letterbox. Uh, Ivana over the moon scored a best animated feature film nomination, which I was delete delighted for because I love that film. You not so much. I did not really like that movie that much. Uh, it was okay. Uh, I'm very happy to see soul. Cause I, uh, although I, I watched it, I watched it while multitasking, so I have to rewatch it. But uh, I think it's it'll be interesting to watch. And I've heard amazing things about Wolf Walkers, which I've heard is a must see. Have you have you seen it? Oh, yeah. Wolf Walkers is amazing. And it's on Apple TV Plus if you somehow signed up for free for Apple TV Plus because you have an iPhone. So <laughs> it's definitely worth the watch. Uh, I in that category, I still have to watch a Sean the Sheep movie Farm again. And I didn't even know that came out. So I'm, maybe I'm a bad animated person this year because I haven't seen all of them. But, um, it, you, but I'm definitely excited. That so you've Over only missed one. I've only missed one. I'm doing really well with my like pandemic one, movie watching. Maybe two of the animated movies, period. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I said I am having like a really great pandemic life of watching movies and these a lot of these movies have been on award sh- uh, lists for a while so I'm catching up on them um, another so w- we've talked a little bit about a couple surprises for us what would you say was something that was that shocked you or you were like, where is that movie? Um, where is Delroy Lindo's nomination for Best Supporting Actor? Where is, where is that? that? Because that man deserves it. Like he deserves, well, I, I have a lot of things to watch still, but based on the things I've seen, he deserves that Oscar. Yeah, yeah this is not our our game yet where we go, you know what? Let's remove Gary Oldman or Anthony Hopkins and put in Delroy Lindo. But Delroy Lindo's performance was outstanding. Totally. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen. I think he's a great actor uh, in anything that he does, but he was not very memorable to me. Um, And I would swap like just to play that game right now. I would just do it. (laughs) Just pop him right out. And then Delroy Lindo gets a supporting role. Sasha Baron Cohen, I think he's a good actor, but uh, just this was not a performance that needed to be called out, I guess. Fair enough. I, I'm i kind of with you. Like, Trial of the Chicago 7 for me was a little bit like, that was entertaining, and now I've forgotten all yes. about it. Yes. Like, I never... Yes, yes, yes. I never... <laughs> Like, I never really was like, oh, yeah, I got to tell everybody about this movie. I, I want to stick around in the supporting role just for a second. Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield, both somehow in Judas and the Black Messiah, are supporting? Take your pick. If you're telling me they're both supporting, who was the lead in this film? <laughs> Okay, so there's no one else that would have that would take the lead. Is this just one of those things where the Academy's like you didn't get enough screen time to warrant a lead, which I think is probably bullshit. Like I it's I sniff bullshit here. We were sort of talking about marketing and how the studios push 
for nominees. They were pushing Lakeith for best actor. So I don't understand how he fell into supporting. Weird. It has to be super some bizarre sort of screen time something. They were so they 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 both have over forty minutes of screen time each for sure. Huh? Yeah. Do you know anything about? It? Have you looked it up? What happened here? I haven't looked it up. I thought we would talk about it first, but maybe we should. <laughs> okay. So CNN has it. Lakeith and Daniel both being nominated for supporting actor Oscar is confusing. And I would agree with that. Debate is raging. Warner Brothers campaign for Stanfield in the best actor category. No explanation given does not share voter information. The theory, the ongoing theory. One theory was that the acting branch might have seen the film as an ensemble piece similar to the trial of the Chicago 7 and voted for both in the category. But the trial of the Chicago 7 had so many characters. Uh, but yeah, so that shocked me a little bit to my uh, to my core in the supporting role. Um, and the only other one that I was surprised with was adapted screenplay going to Borat subsequent movie film. I was uh I was surprised that it uh that a film that relies fairly heavily on the gags and what they're going to what people's reaction are going to be to that would be nominated for screenplay. Not unhappy about it, just surprised. So I was also surprised and happy and I looked into it and um what I what it, it I've heard or is rumor um, because comedies generally just don't get respect or awards at um, at the Oscars when a comedy is good enough to sort of according to them deserve an Oscar nomination of some sort they will often give it a best original screenplay nod and that's kind of like a comedy's version of best film in that scenario I see. so like but i i argue too from a script perspective because and maybe it's just you know i i i don't have any idea how he does this stuff like and maybe it, it's really evident to some people but to me it's kind of magical how he's able to pull off these crazy stunts that he does to me that takes a lot of planning in the way that in within the non-scriptedness, there has to be so much scriptedness <laughs> that well, there's certainly like a lot of planning to that goes into what ideas and how they're going to execute all of these ideas. If you think about all the things he did, it's that's like fifty things that they had to plan and pull off, all in the span of uh, you know one movie. So. I'm not saying I'm not happy or I'm not surprised. Like, or I'm just saying that I am surprised that, uh, that it's here, but you know, a lot of screenplays sometimes are heavily improvised and, uh, they get us an adapted or an original. So why not? Um, so I'm surprised that Maria Bakalova who plays Borat's daughter 
in Borat's subsequent movie film that she got a nomination. That's rare, like super rare and uh, well-deserved. And um, given the fact that I haven't seen any of the other movies yet, or so therefore I haven't seen any of the other performances yet, um, you know, I want her to win. (laughs) Famously, Glenn Close in the Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Hillbilly Elegy. This is not a a, a high-reviewed critic film. Glenn Close also won the Razzie for this performance. So they've given her both the Razzie and the Oscar nomination. What? I had no idea. So this movie, you know, I don't like it. I didn't pay it much attention. It didn't capture me and I did not watch it. Tell me about this. I mean, I saw the reviews and I was like, nah, not going to so, check so it So no, people did uh, not like it. They thought it was not a good movie. That's right. It's like sitting at 38% positive reviews on uh, Rotten Tomatoes right wow. now. Uh, but it also makes me wonder, are we like bowing down to the right awards? Are we like really... Like, are the Oscars the be-all, end-all? And I ask this, Ivana, because the last couple of years, our favorite movies, the movies that are in our top tens every year, some of those movies are not winding up in the the Oscar category, but, but actually in a different award show altogether, which is the Independent Spirit Awards. I know that my number one, of the year, which I'm not going to tell you where you'll find <laughs> out when you find out, but is sitting on, it did not get any Oscar attention, but it sure is getting a lot of independent spirit award attention. Same with you last uh, couple of years ago when you loved sorry to bother me, you know, that won some independent spirit awards, no love from the Oscars. I, you know, okay. So I love the independent spirit, spirit awards and I love indie films. I mean, you know, that's like my jam. The more independent, the better. Um, but the thing is, everyone else has decided that the Oscars are relevant. And that's the conversation that everyone has. So I agree with you that the Oscars are not the be-all, end-all. And maybe we need to say collectively as a group of people that it's time to find a different awards show. But for the moment, the big reason why we all still talk about the Oscars is that everyone's just decided that that's the award show that matters for no reason. For no reason, except that it always has been this way. Yeah. But if anything in the world is can show us... like. If just the world itself can show us as just because it's been that way for so long doesn't mean it has to be. And that is what we're seeing with progress right now. I think maybe this podcast can show a little love and maybe we'll do a little segment also after the Film Independent Spirit Awards. Uh, commenting on what won their stuff. I've heard a lot of really cool things about... First Cow, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, um, Minari is on both, Nomadland is on both, um, Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. I mean, that has gotten zero love at the Oscars, which I'm not surprised about, And but you were shocked. Uh, shocked. Absolutely shocked. That movie changed my life. 
We'll talk about it another time. I'm pretty sure <laughs> it'll end up in my top 10. Pretty sure. Hey, shut up. It's trailer trash. This is going to be fun. Obviously, there was no homework. So we're doing some trailer trash. We've got one movie, one TV show. The links are in the show notes. You can also pause, go to YouTube, the whole nine yards. First up, we're going to talk. We don't have a theme, FYI. We're going to talk about Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. No, no. I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a, a crazy red band trailer dropped for the 2021 Mortal Kombat that's coming out. And holy. Wait, what does red band mean? Red band means that it's a rated R trailer. It is restricted because it's going to say some words. It's going to have oh. some gore. You know what? It did have gore. It sure did. More than I expected. And I did get that like up like that warning. Absolutely. Right, right off the. So most trailers have a a green beginning to them with like this is approved for all audiences. Red means it's not approved for all audiences. You're going to see some stuff. And we saw some stuff. We saw Sub-Zero rip off Jax's arms and then Jax got like crazy robot arms. That's those are that happened, yes. We saw a guy like Kano rip out a a heart at the end and then say like some stuff with the F word. There was an F word in the trailer. I don't even notice. There was an F bomb in the trailer. Uh anyway, it I mean look, here's the deal. This Mortal Kombat. What did you think? Oh, man. How do I start? Uh, I think I should start by saying I have no connection to the source material. I did not play the game. And uh, I've never liked fighting games. I did not watch any of the movies from the 90s. I have seen scenes. Don't get me wrong. I've seen pieces of it. It's campy. Um... I like campy stuff. It's still, I don't know if I'm like into this. And and honestly, this, okay, this felt like a trailer where the pitch was, what if we did Mortal Kombat, but good and with current technology and we'll make it so cool. And that's exactly what you saw delivered in this, in this trailer. But I don't, I'm so not excited. I don't feel like they have done a unique take I don't think that there's anything here for me to find or explore it's just like more bloody which is truer to the video game so before I give my thoughts I'm curious if you took anything in via osmosis so when I say scorpion do you know what color that character is yellow boom all right if I say Sonya Blade, what color is that character? Blue. That is, nope, that would be Sub-Zero. Sonya Blade is the girl. Is, the is she girl. yellow? She is green in the game. Um, what, oh, what about I Raiden? I if I said Raiden, could you describe I've heard him? of it. I've heard of Raiden, but I don't remember. He has one of those traditional, uh, I think it's a mandarin hat uh the the pointed hat 
Oh, I don't, I don't have any recollection. Was this in the trailer that we just watched? Yes, we heard Lord Raiden. And then like, you know, we saw the guy in the hat. I obviously did not resonate. Did not resonate with me. <laughs> did not like remember that image, even though I saw this maybe two hours ago now. It's called a conical Asian hat. That is, that is the actual... That's what it's called. Uh, I, <laughs> so I, I I thought it was specific to uh, dialect. I was wrong. And uh, there is ignorance on full display. Full display right there. But also the willingness to go and seek out information and admit when you are wrong. Absolutely. Look, it's Mortal Kombat. I played the game every day after school with people on my street. Played it with my brother. We made sure to pop in that cheat code to get the blood. It was awesome. And I remember seeing the first one when I was very young and I still have like nostalgia, heart palpitations for that. It, it gets me excited. You know, whenever I hear get over here, I'm like, ah, yeah, Scorpion. Cool. I'm excited. So I am. I'm cautiously optimistic. So, Video game adaptations suck. So Sonic the Hedgehog was the first time that I would say like, hey, wasn't wasn't terrible. So maybe this will be the first like really great on screen um, video game adaptation that I that blows me away just because it looks like it's going to be some great martial arts, some great visual effects. I mean, at one point, someone's blood got turned into ice daggers and that's neat. The The stuff they're doing with Sub-Zero is fascinating. The effects look really cool. Like it takes full advantage of where we are in our ability to have CGI. But I don't, it just, there's nothing about the story that's like luring me in. I got to say. Oh, I will say if you are a fan of like beautiful locations and things looking the right way and like, or not the right way, but like just aesthetically insane, I think they're going to create each fight in a beautiful location, CGI the hell out of those backgrounds. And I think it's going to look really nice. I don't know if it'll translate at all to a really cool story because it's a tournament fight for humanity like there's not a lot of deepness here that's the thing this is going to be a very cool spectacle skep spectacle skeptical spectacle spectacle oh boy spectacle <laughs> it's going to be fun to watch for those people who want to turn their brains off a little bit and watch some cool fight scenes and see some interesting ways of playing with blood and i appreciate that but i don't think it's a movie for me Boom. All right, let's move on to our second one. It's a series coming to Amazon Prime. I just found it because it's one of the most trending trailers on IMDb right now. It's a it's a series called Them. And oh boy, lots going on in this trailer. Looks like it's going to be a horror series and it centers around a black family moving into what appears to be a white neighborhood. And in they like the become 50s. in the fifties and they become entertainment for the rest of the neighborhood. I'm not sure. Like you definitely get this real foreboding uh, 
But I don't know that I know what's going on. But it is definitely interesting. I almost get like a pod people feel like what's wrong with these white people? Why are they so strange? I do too. But we also get like a lot of imagery of black people being snatched up or held against their will at points in this trailer. And the the most like scary image for me was when the little girl looks out of the window and then there's like, a schoolyard essentially like almost a classroom of white middle-aged white women like staring at her house yeah 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 all sitting at tables like that was the freakiest image to me of the whole thing oh man like the freakiest image to me was the black-faced man at the end of that sort of like came out of the wall and he was yeah and he was depicted like like a a white person had blackface on him and then that white outline of his lips the way they characterize black people in old hollywood films i i that freaked me right out at the end because i didn't know like obviously that to me meant that there was an entertainment aspect to what was going on and i think that everybody in the neighborhood is focused on what are these black people doing in our quiet neighborhood? And I think there's a, an undertone of if you're in that house with that family, every white person in your neighborhood is them. If you're outside and you're having conversations with other white people, everyone inside that family's house is them. And I kind of got oh, that interesting that interpretation paranoia. We don't want assimilation and uh, redlining should still be something that is adhered to in this fifties community, I guess, you know, funny we say this, I was talking to somebody the other day and I asked about redlining and about if, if today um, he, he and his family feel like, they could move to any place in the U.S. and move into a neighborhood and feel safe. And he said, absolutely not. So it, that's sort of what I got from this trailer. This is a new family who has moved in and do not feel safe with their neighbors. I definitely, definitely get that vibe. Definitely that minstrel show character monster guy is to me a big part of this. But I I think if he's a monster, like I don't think that this is necessarily going to be about entertainment. I think this is going to be like about nice white people where like that's like a term for those white people that appear to be nice, but you know, their actions fundamentally are still oppressive and they're still, uh, they're, they're not very nice at all. <laughs> not really. So um, I, I guess the question is, are you going to watch this one? Definitely. I'm going to give it a shot. This is 100% in my genre wheelhouse. I see a lot of familiar faces that I've seen in other things. Um, it's beautiful. Like it's very lovely looking. And I'm very curious what is going on in this neighborhood. Like it's the trailer has hooked me. Absolutely. I I have to check this out. 
if only because it it just looks so similar to something that Jordan Peele might give us. It looks like it, but I don't think it feels like it. I just want to be like pretty. Just, I'm just gonna say that, like, I'm. I feel like Jordan Peele has made some pretty revolutionary films and that his influence is felt in this, but they, it doesn't have his tone. There's something very different in, in the show from what I'm gathering. Fair enough. But it, it, to me, it feels like this show is going to be a horror elemented thing with an allegory towards something that is happening in the black community, which is, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be very interesting to watch. That one's called Them, and it's coming to Amazon Prime. All right, but Ivana, we have to decide what we're going to watch for next week. And I I think I can yank somebody in if you're thinking what I'm thinking. So before the next time we record, there is a movie coming out, and I think we're pretty invested in seeing how this one turns out. The Justice League is coming to HBO Max. That's right. We're going to watch the Snyder Cut, all four hours of this potentially glorious film. But it uh, who's to say? Who's to say which way this is going to go? But you are going to hear everything. And I think, Ivana, I can call back our special guest from that episode. Maybe we can do Caesar. this. Caesar. Yes, Caesar. And maybe we can do a big deep dive Make the whole episode one big Justice League episode. We can finally close the loop on I Stand with Ray Fisher and the Jaws saga. And boom, that will be our next episode. So tune in, guys. I hope that you listen. And I hope you watch the movie with us. And that's the show. Thank you so much for listening. And please be sure to tune in again next time. If you'd like to support the show, you can hop onto your podcast service, Subscribe, and if you're really feeling generous, why not score us a quick rating or review? Our intro song comes from bensound.com, and we encourage you to check out our show notes for more information about our voice actors, our talented, sorry, for more information about our music, our talented voice actors, and our sound effects. Ivana and I love hearing from you, so we built a website on how you can reach us, morethanmovies.net. But in case you hate websites, you can email us hello at morethemovies.net. Find us on Facebook, More Than Movies Podcast. Catch us on Twitter. I'm at It's Ivana. And I'm at Jester J. Thanks again for spending some time with us. We'll be back again in two weeks with an all new episode. And until next time, friends. Do more. And watch more.